Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today, we're talking... Umbrellas. The stuff you hold to keep your head dry. Right, right. Do you like umbrellas? Do you, do you use umbrellas? Well, you know, I don't think I've ever had one when I should have had one. Really? I don't think I've ever had an umbrella when I, when I needed one. And so, I just... I don't give a shit. I'm a pretty heavy umbrella user. If sometimes I, you get wet, man. Yeah, sometimes you do. But if you got to walk somewhere, you got to have umbrella. Because I can't do like the wet guy in the rain. It's like... <laughs> the wet walk. It's novel for about one minute. And then everything just starts rubbing together. Right. And it's just, you're soaked. And then your wallet is soaked. And you start thinking about like, God, I got paper stuff in there. All my stuff is going to melt. My phone is supposedly waterproof, but it does get mad when it gets wet. Wet and it tells you you can't use it when it's wet. Right, right. I'm gonna be mad if I can't use my phone for a while. Yeah. My glasses, my glasses are like the main reason why I can't, I can't get wet like environmentally. Cause then I just, I can't see. If my glasses get messed up, I can't see. Have you ever gone somewhere and they've had like a water mister? Yeah, uh huh. I think my most mortal enemy I've ever had, you might say, is, you know, a musical. And that yeah. would be close. Something that I hate worse than a musical is, let's say you're at the zoo and you're just trying to do something novel with your kid and you go on a little boat ride and it's like animatronic Jurassic Park, but she's too young to like it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she just finds it very scary. But you, can't, <laughs> you can't get off the boat, so she keeps losing her shit. And then for some reason, they have misters that keep spraying you with mist so you can't see and your kid is crying and there's dinosaurs roaring everywhere and you don't know where they are. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that either. I mean, I wear glasses, but I I always keep a microfiber cloth in my purse. I'm ready for anything. You're ready for everything except getting rained on. Right. I mean, <laughs> umbrellas are just like a little bit too big, a little bit too heavy, a little yeah. bit too awkward. Like they don't fit nicely in my purse. Like I will carry just about anything in my purse, but if it's going to make my purse unpleasant to carry around, I'm not interested in it. Especially since it's only a maybe. I might need it. I might not. Well, I have an umbrella that fits in a hoodie pocket. So when the weather is looking like it might rain, I can stash it in there and I don't have to carry it. But during the summer, if I'm walking, I've got a jug of water, I've got an umbrella, I've got my phone and all that. And I just figure it's like doing a crossword when you're old. Right. Like you just keep practicing carrying all that stuff all the time and then you will still continue to have the capability. If you get old and you stop driving your car, you're going to find you can't drive your car. Right, right. You got to use it or lose it. Yeah. Well, I have a closet absolutely filled with umbrellas. I have my stockpile of umbrellas. I think last time we counted, we had seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of them. Right. No, they break. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for the perfect one. There's never an umbrella you get where it's not made of like thin metal ribs. Yeah. And some sort of lightweight fabric. And I think both of those are or what is always prone to failure. Recently, I got my new umbrella, which is like transparent lucite, and it has like the dome shape, and it is all transparent plastic. I think that one might be a banger. Because it kind of comes down over you Mm -hmm. to protect you from the angle, but then you can see through Mm -hmm. it. That's pretty smart. Mm -hmm. I think that one might be a banger. It remains to be seen, though, because how often does it rain when I'm outside? Not very often. I think I'm always out walking around, so I'm usually... I'm usually the umbrella user. I kind of got the umbrella thinking that it would be nice to take a walk in the rain, but then it hasn't rained. Like, because it's summertime and when it's raining, it's like lightning and stuff. <laughs> I don't want to like get electrocuted. <laughs> So, Natalie. Yeah, what's up? (laughs) 
Tell me, what is an umbrella? An umbrella or parasol is a folding canopy supported by wooden or metal ribs that is usually mounted on a wooden, metal, or plastic pole. And it is intended to protect somebody from rain or sunlight. I've never thought of it as a canopy, but of course it is. And usually if you say umbrella, that is for protecting someone from the rain. Mm-hmm. And parasol is to protect somebody from the sun. Oh, that makes sense. Parasol for sun. Mm-hmm. Umbrella under the umbrella. <laughs> right. When we talked about researching umbrellas, when we talked about how we were going to talk about umbrellas today, I thought it should be called umbrella. Yeah. It's like they asked the guy, what's that folding canopy called? And he goes, um, umbrella. <laughs> I mean, I like the umbrella. It's like a good word. I feel like it's a really good word. I think it should be umbrella because it's up there. And when you need to see where your umbrella is, you look up. Right. I think that the P cuts it up. I think that without the P, it has like a cellar door kind of quality to it. I never understood the appeal of cellar door. Some Somebody once said that that's the nicest words in the English language. I don't think so. What's your basement like? Is your This is a guy with the finished basement that said that. Right, right. Either it's a finished basement or he's a guy that's got like the Wizard of Oz basement. Yeah. Like the little one that's just the doors on a slant at the side of the house and you go down. It's just like a little hole in the dirt like Saddam used to live in. Right. Our basement is like Blair Witch Project. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's like character classes of basements. There's like the suburbs one with the wooden panels. Yeah. There's like a really nice suburb one where they put drywall for some reason. Right, right. There's like the hell basement like you had at your at your mom's house. Like it's the, like dirt floors and hot pink walls. The dirt floor like clown death basement. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was like definitely a serial killer like keeping people captive and then and then dismembering them kind of basement. Yeah, I mean, it's rare that I will not walk around and explore things, but I was told multiple times by everybody not to go down there, and I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. We had the table pushed up against the door. Like, don't get any ideas. No one's going down there. <laughs> I think there's plenty of words that are better than cellar door, though. That's Who thinks that's the best word ever? So I don't know. Some asshole. I don't fucking know. <laughs> It's just something that you hear so many times that you just accept it. It's like a, it's just like a, a truth just from having said it so many times. I don't accept it at all. The first time I heard it, I thought, that's dumb. What do you think is the best word then? I would have to think about it. People will say moist is the worst word. That's not. It's clearly not. Yeah. There's way worse words. Musical. <laughs> Oh, this is moist. Oh, okay. Well, it's what? It's a muffin? Is it banana bread? (laughs) Is it uh, a banana? A banana that didn't dry out? That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not real bothered by moist. I don't use it a lot. I don't think there's a lot of words that bother me except for like slurs and stuff. Yeah, there's certain words that will will set me off, definitely. I would say there's a lot of slurs that is worse than the word moist. (laughs) Yeah. Like if you told me something was moist, I would be like, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you there. I really, you know, we really have a house where we do not say that. (laughs) And, you know... Of course, I don't know what environment you were raised in and what kind of preconceptions you have, but I do not accept anybody denigrating people by calling them moist. (laughs) I've never had any conversation like that about that word. Right. But you'll have a word that you like a lot. Indefatigable. That's a great word. Yeah. Indefatigable. 
<laughs> that's like a little journey. That's like a. a it's a little hard. It kind of. It's a series. Stumbles. It's a series of mountaintops. Yeah. In saying the word, you kind of feel the essence of the word. It's almost onomatopoetic. Right. 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 You but it's it not. Through. But it's got more to it than boiling. <laughs> What's your favorite word? I have always been fond of exacerbate. Exacerbate is a good one. When you say it, it feels good. And it's also, you kind of feel like it's making things worse. Right. <laughs> exacerbate. Exacerbate. It feels good. I feel like dragging yourself through that word gives you the essence of what you're talking about. It has a very like... Like one of those kind of vibes to it. And it's not the semantics of the word. It's is that it's not just making something worse. It's doing it in like a pernicious way. There are implications for exacerbation. Right, right. <laughs> so usually umbrellas are a one person operation. Yeah. They are just something that one person will have their own personal umbrella. But you can also have big golf umbrellas that can maybe have a couple people underneath it. Mm hmm. So is the idea of the golf umbrella that your caddy holds it for you and you golf dry? Is that probably. the idea? Yeah, probably. That's some serious white dude shit. Well, my my folks never golfed. I think the most like suburban thing we did was play tennis. But I think we played tennis because there were tennis courts near our house. And I think my dad looked up how much just beginner golf clubs cost. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we can't do this. Right. We can't buy a whole bag and buy a whole bunch of these and then the balls and we're going to lose the balls. I think he thought that we could play golf because he used to go walk at the airport and there was a golf course over there and there were driving range balls. Mm -hmm. You would get a bucket of 100 balls and you could whack some balls on the driving range, right? Right, right. And inevitably, some of them would leave the driving range and end up like on or around the pathway. Well, my dad would take them all. Right, free balls. I don't... <laughs> And you know, sometimes when when people grow up without much and they get offered something for free or it is seemingly free or you can seemingly take it with no restriction, I think there's just a little weasel in your brain that's like, take it, take it. It's yours. It's mm -hmm. free. Nobody wants it. They left it here. It's yours. Free ball. Golf right. ball. What if you play golf? Right. And so we had all of these range balls. I think my mom just threw the last bucket of them away like recently. Right. But she had a bucket of railroad spikes because he would go walking and there would be railroads around and there would be errant railroad spikes and so he Free would spike. he would <laughs> he'd take them yeah oh uh, that's just not something i have ever felt compelled by is like accumulating stuff i find on the ground like, free balls, gonna take it, gonna take it. I feel like if there's a ball on the ground and it's just, you know, if you're walking through the neighborhood and there's a lawn and it's obviously some kid's ball that they were playing with, obviously I'm not gonna take it. But if you're in the park and there's nobody around and there's just a ball there, you can take it and bounce it while you're walking for sure. Mm -hmm. Just leave it in the park. Right, I don't know, man. Easy ball, easy go. I did get a ball one time. One time I did pick a ball up. Yeah? It was a bowling ball though, because I found a bowling ball. Where'd you find it? At the bottom of a fountain. I was like 
walking around in the middle of the night. It was like two or three o'clock in the morning. And I walked out to this park that had like a little fountain because I used to like to sit over there and smoke cigarettes. And I went over there and the fountain wasn't working. And I was like, what's going on with my fountain? And so I got to the bottom of it. So I like laid on the ground and like put my arms in the fountain. It was like a, it was a weird fountain. It was like a level with the ground and it was like a bubbling thing that just continually bubbled right was this at mirror lake yeah uh-huh i've walked by there yeah yeah anyway so it was that thing at mirror lake and i so i laid on the sidewalk and i put both of my arms into the fountain until it was up to my shoulders and i i was feeling around the bottom to figure out why it wasn't working <laughs> and it was a bowling ball and i took the bowling ball out and i brought it home with me did it did the fountain start working yeah, after uh-huh. you got the bowling ball yeah, out yeah. you fixed the fountain that's your that's marvelous that's right. perfect they did <laughs> They didn't want the bowling ball in there because it kept the fountain from working. You took the bowling ball out. Everybody's happy. The guy with the bowling ball didn't want it either. <laughs> I brought it so home you, with me because I was like, this is a weird thing to find in a fountain. It felt like w- a magical thing. I would have kept it too. Sometimes you get a little frisson from finding a bowling right. ball. You it know was what, my bowling ball. When people, <laughs> when people say... It, if a lady crinkles aluminum foil on YouTube, it gives them a frisson. Well, I get that if I find something magical on a special night. <laughs> I think that it was uh, definitely a magical item, though. I, I brought it home, and I carried it around from apartment to apartment. I don't know what happened to it. It got lost at some point. Did I remove it into our place? I don't know. I don't think so. You must... I mean, that's the thing with the bowling ball, is when you don't want a bowling ball, they are really easy to get rid of. You, you just... It. You just leave it or roll it. Right. And if you leave it, somebody's going to roll it. <laughs> that thing's going to be gone. Right. It's probably in the bottom of the fountain. Or... Yeah. <laughs> back in the fountain. Uh, Actually, a few years ago, they dug all all that up and they replaced it. Maybe My that's... fountain's gone? Well, I mean, they dug it all up and they like did they did improvements to it and they like rebuilt the concrete and stuff like that. Oh, uh, they made it bowling ball proof, probably. Well, maybe maybe they thought they had to do it because somebody dropped a bowling ball in and you weren't around to fix it. Right, right. I've said before, I'm a problem solver. I think you are. I was like, there's no reason I can't fix this fountain. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm 19 years old. It's three o'clock in the morning. I could, I think I could do this, but I did it. <laughs> anyway, so umbrellas will have a handle, which is made from wood, plastic, or have like a crook handle, which is has the hook guy, right? Yeah, the classic. Right. The cartoon umbrella. Then you can pretend you have a cane and walk with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's tricky because you find if you end up going cane mode with your umbrella, (laughs) that like that can break the umbrella. It's more like a stylistic cane mode. You don't put your weight on it, my man. Yeah, but you do end up tearing it up because it drags on the ground and stuff. Right. I mean, I, I just, I walk a lot. I walked like nine miles today. Right. So if I dragged my umbrella the whole way, it just the tip would have been ground off. Right. But, you know, the umbrella was made to be destroyed. I think they are. That's why they cost $10. See, if they made uh, the world's best umbrella and it cost $50, I feel like that would be a trick. I think for an umbrella to truly replace the value that the market has lost by you not continually buying umbrellas, I think the umbrella would have to be like $230. Yeah, I I, think that you can find one for that much. It would take you like five minutes. You could, but I I think my question is, would this be a high-performance umbrella? Would it actually last? It probably would make the good noise when you popped it open. It would go, poof, right? Yeah. And then it, 
like very fast, right? Lots of air motion. It would mm-hmm. definitely be one of those. It probably would have wood. I'm just imagining what this expensive umbrella would be like. It definitely would be fabric. I think the parts on it might be made of steel, although that might make it very heavy. I think they always go with aluminum for umbrellas. I think huh? they would use like the kind of stuff they make jets out of, like high carbon jet steel. Some kind of exotic alloy. Yeah, right. Like some kind of alien technology. They would use that and then they would have like very thick, like waxed fabric, like very expensive fabric. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The luxury umbrella. Imagine it. I just, I don't think I'm there yet. I just think that if you can get a year's use out of a $9 umbrella, like, I don't know that I have enough years left. (laughs) I just, I would definitely, I would have to buy it tomorrow. I would have to buy it tomorrow and it would have to start raining more. Right. (laughs) What do you think about galoshes and a raincoat? think they're comical right some things i think are so antiquated like that's just something i think you don't see it very often now people in a raincoat so the galoshes in the raincoat would be if you were working outside because the idea of that the idea of that kind of stuff is like you have to be outside but you're not just standing there walking around holding an umbrella right like if you're working for the cable company you have to fix the cable if it's raining right and so you would put on probably a high vis raincoat and some galoshes with like reflective tape on them right right i think that's totally even if it makes you look like paddington bear it's still totally appropriate <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's like the yellow. You don't see people in the Paddington Bear getup anymore. I think if I walked around in that and I had like the yellow high-vis like hydrophobic bucket hat to go with it to keep the water off my face, I feel like I would still be unhappy because I still couldn't use my phone. What if what I'm missing in my life is it needs to be more wet? Maybe I need to pursue a wet life. I really like sitting in the bathtub. Yeah, you you should go full aquatic. <laughs> It would have to be somewhere that rained all the time. It still feels like raining is like a once in a while thing. <laughs> so sometimes if it's sunny, you will carry a parasol, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> that is a that is an affect to carry a parasol around. Well, you there are people there are people who do it. It's more common in other countries. Right, right. So it wouldn't be unusual. I feel like I can respect. I can respect your commitment to to being in the shade. I would not want to carry a parasol around and be under a parasol because I feel like it would be calling attention to myself. Like, look at me. I just, I think that in days gone by, people would spend so much more of their day outside. And like up until a certain point, people had a commitment to staying as pale as possible. Right. And so a parasol for me, you know, if you go to the beach and you get under one of those gigantic umbrellas, that makes sense because you're at the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in the full sun. You want to enjoy seeing the sun, but you don't want to Roast. toast in it. Exactly. Yeah, right. But carrying a parasol around, I think you would definitely have to be on something specific, like on a specific level where everything else you're doing would have to indicate that it's appropriate for you to have a parasol. Otherwise, you just look like you 
you were trying to go to some kind of convention. Yeah, I wouldn't want to seem like I was a super fancy, like, vampire goth lady or something. That's, like, a little bit too precious for me. You look like Nadja from what we do in the shadows. Right, I'm not, I'm not after that. That's not my goal, my aesthetic goal. <laughs> it would have to be, like, a very minimalist umbrella. <laughs> it would have to make me look more inconspicuous. <laughs> Uh, so who do you think invented umbrellas? Who invented them? Uh, I, I feel like probably the ancient Egyptians. Yeah, you're right. Because I've seen artwork of Egyptians doing umbrella type stuff. Now, in my mind, the only umbrella stuff that I saw from the Egyptians is, you know that thing where they carry somebody around on a stretcher and there's a chair mm -hmm. and they carry a guy around? Yeah. Uh -huh. I feel like they had some other guy holding an umbrella above him. Right, right. That was it, man. That's what I was going to say. Specifically that. It was guys with their umbrellas being carried around and stuff. That, that was umbrellas. That was really umbrellas. You gotta it. hand it to them. And, you know, back in, in what we think of as ancient Egypt, you know, that area was already pretty desertified. So those were probably parasols. Yeah, right. They were trying to keep it shady. But there's also evidence that if you go back far enough, the Nile Valley was more... Mediterranean, more right. tropical in nature, not desertified. Right. Right. But you still want some shade in the Mediterranean. Sure, sure. But if you go back far enough, it was probably raining pretty good in Egypt. Right, right. So they have the earliest known parasols and art work 2450 BC. Okay, yeah. Ancient Egyptians. They had ones that were uh, flabellums. So I, that, there's no description of a flabellum in my notes, but it sounds like something flappy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess. Uh, they would have uh, palm leaves, like a fan of palm leaves, and they would have feathers that they would use to block the sun. Mm -hmm. And they would have them on a handle and hand, go around with it, right? And that is the same kind of thing that the Pope has when the Pope goes out. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the kind that the Egyptians invented. Now, so that's the kind where they have it on a on a long stick and it's on like a straight stick and they hold it over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to really brace yourself. It's not like holding a pole with a canopy atop the pole next to somebody. You're like off a ways holding yeah. the pole over him. Yeah. Right, right. Imagine if you dropped it, it'd probably crack someone's melon. Gosh, I somebody probably in the course of history, there had to be somebody who dropped the parasol on the wrong guy and did get executed. Right, probably. People got executed for no reason back then. <laughs> now this may surprise you. <laughs> The oldest examples of collapsible parasols, 2310 BC in Nineveh, which I guess is like somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. I would imagine. There was a picture in a bas relief that had a king in a chariot with a parasol over his head that was like a collapsible one. So again, we always talk about this stuff where there's not really any solid evidence of it because it's stuff that would not have survived the passage of time. It would have rotted. Oh, yeah. Any kind of wood they used back then, because they were not... I mean, people could make stuff out of metal, but they were not machining metal. Right. To, like, have extensions and levers and, and stuff like that. That seems very steampunky. I'd imagine the modern umbrella, if I had to guess, came about, like, in 
industrial revolution times. Right. Because you would have to have some way of machining that and creating those channels and levers and springs and stuff like that. I imagine that the umbrellas back then were probably similar to the umbrellas that you'd have in a cocktail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just wood and some wood comes up and clicks into place. Mm -hmm. You just push it up and it just has something to hold it pushed up. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the drink. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) You always are. (laughs) What was the... What were... Did cocktail umbrellas ever have a purpose? Or were they just always... They're just... They'd be fancy, baby. Decorative. Yeah. I wish that I liked cocktails more. I I feel like I'd really get into some, some fruity cocktails. Well, the culture really venerates drinking and there's like such a such a process and such a to-do about making cocktails and the process and the rituals of drinking Mm -hmm. and they seem really they seem really attractive in the way that you know having cigarettes and buying cigarettes and lighting them on fire and smoking them and standing outside and, and flicking them in a practiced way you know that ritual of doing that has has its appeal right I made more friends smoking cigarettes than anything else. Yeah, it's true. I feel like uh, alcoholic culture is different. I feel like I'm maybe I'm maybe not in a mental place anymore where I enjoy like an alcoholic lifestyle. And it's not a judgment on anybody. It's just like the rhythm of alcoholic culture has like these beats and processes that I accepted for a long time as part of what you do with your friends. Right. But it seems like the culture itself is not something that I really enjoy. There's an idea of going out and roaming around and things happening on a whim, poorly considered things happening on a whim and having to be part of a a group mentality, which is like, let's say you're by yourself in a park. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna yell at somebody, but if you're with 10 of your friends at a park, somebody might yell and then everybody else in the group, like even if everybody's nice, there'll be like stifled laughter and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I hang out with people that are bad. Right. But having that mob and then having all those people drunk so their worst behavior comes out just seems like something that I I outgrew actually a long time ago and I didn't really realize it until the past few right. years. Well, I had read something recently. It was some kind of Jungian thing and he was talking about how when people are acting as individuals and they try to project their best self but once they give up the idea that they are an individual and they are acting in a group and they are part of a group instead of just being like this one guy then the behaviors that are exhibited are like shadow behaviors mm-hmm. because because it is absorbed by the group instead of projecting just on one person and so it gives people a license to do that well it's just like when you say you you privatize the gain and socialize the loss if you're acting on behalf of a group you're socializing your anti-social behavior by spreading it out and saying well the group did this right right <laughs> that makes total sense much to think about i I think if you're if you're standing outside smoking with somebody you're having a conversation with one other person you're stuck there for five minutes and you both have something in common which is that you're smoking cigarettes right and so that is a situation that you don't see anywhere else in society and it's unfortunate because if you smoke cigarettes 
and you go outside and there's one person or two people smoking cigarettes, you instantly start talking to them. And that is the accepted culture is that you have a nice conversation. Right. It was like a part of the culture where it made everyone stop for a minute and step out of the normal goings on of whatever situation you're in and like take a minute to just be like, hmm. And then just chat one-on-one with people there, like about what's what's going on inside. Like if you have common friends or if you like have just met and it was always a very like social thing. That was probably the greatest loss in my opinion when I quit smoking. Yeah. It was never as easy to make friends ever again because when you do not have to take a cigarette break, people are not as apt to take that time to like, how's it going? Well, there's no other activity where you're forced to leave a situation and go stand outside by yourself or with one other person. It's the same reason why you make friends in school because you're stuck in this situation with other people who you have a couple things in common with, but are basically just random people in your neighborhood. And if you have assigned seats, they're the people in alphabetical order before and after you. Right. (laughs) And so that's why you make friends so readily in school. Society doesn't have any way of doing this. I mean, except unless you smoke at work. Right, right. We should invent something that is not acceptable at work in the building, but is acceptable outside work buildings in that you can do and then other people will do it and it's addictive so they have to do it so they have to be your friend what if we just invented fake cigarettes and so you can go out and have your smoke break and go hang out with everyone who smokes and meet people without actually having to smoke cigarettes well that's great because i think a lot of people would just smoke fake cigarettes because i've (laughs) talked i have talked to people who started smoking because they only got a break at work if they smoked right (laughs) and so they're like Give me one. Yeah, right. I want five minutes outside by myself. Right. I want to see the outside of this Taco Bell for once. (laughs) When I used to work at the insurance place, smoke breaks were like a fucking party. There would be like 15 people out there. We had tables. Like everyone just smoking and smoking. (laughs) I remember I came to eat lunch with you one day and there was a lady out there who uh, sounded like Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure and she was smoking a brand of cigarette I've never seen before. It was called like Cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best that's the best part is like uh, all the arcane brands of cigarettes, all of the logos. See, this is a gestalt that we're just missing now. We're missing because it's so horrible for you and it's killed and disabled so many millions of people. It has shortened human lifespan by such an immense amount and it's only kind of pleasurable to do. <laughs> it's not great. It's kind of pleasurable. Right. I think we do the fake cigarettes. Looks like a cigarette, burns like a cigarette, has the same effects on your health as going to the reggae store and smelling the incense. Very minor. I think that you're overthinking it. I think that this is going to be a stick that looks like a cigarette and it's going to have some fake ash on the end of it. And when you suck on it, there's going to be a little LED light bulb in it that makes the end of it light up. And then you can blow some steam. Oh, oh, so you're just going full like monkey facsimile. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then when your smoke break is over, you just stick it back in your <laughs> yeah. you stick it back in your pocket and walk inside. <laughs> yep. Everybody else like, what the fuck is her deal? <laughs> her cigarette's she's real, and then she she's real cool. Bye, sir. <laughs> 
She's real cool. She always smokes. But the other day, she's like, all right, back to work. She throws the lit cigarette in her pocket and walks inside. <laughs> Magic, baby. <laughs> the power I got from my bowling ball. <laughs> You know what my favorite umbrellas are? No. The weapons. Oh, yeah. I like it when you can use them as a self-defense weapon. I, I've said before how much I love weapons, but umbrellas, excellent weapon. The KGB enjoys using umbrellas to poke people with ricin. Oh, yeah. That's the most classic. 1978 poked a dissident, mm-hmm. right? Right. Modified umbrella. Just pop, pop, little poke. End of the story for your dissident. <laughs> and the fact that we really, I mean, that was such a famous case. Yeah. And the fact that we only ever found out about that one. I wonder how many times they did that before people realized what was going on. Right. But most of the time when people use umbrellas as weapons, they're merely beating you to death with an umbrella. (laughs) Yeah. Or poking your eyeball out with an umbrella. Oh, yeah. Or stabbing you with an umbrella. Like just the umbrella or like one of those umbrellas where you twist it and there's a sword inside? I'm just talking about regular umbrellas, baby. In 2019, there was a priest in Berlin who was stabbed by an umbrella and they shoved it in his mouth and poked it out his brain. Jesus. Just pierced his old melon with it. But you can also get like the ones that are like billy clubs disguised as umbrellas or umbrellas with swords in the handle or... That's a classic old guy, classic old guy trick. You twist the cane and a fucking katana is hidden right, in there. Right, sword, right. Got the sword right here, man. I love looking online for a particular class of items, which is undercover weapons and things that look like everyday objects but are actually safes where you're going to hide your stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love when I was a kid, that was the coolest thing ever going to the flea market and they had the can of shaving cream where the bottom unscrews and that's where you put all your good shit. Right, right. I think my favorite modern one is something that was called the Sharpie safe. It is a Sharpie pen where they just clearly pulled out the ink cartridge and you just take the cap off and it's hollow and you put whatever you can fit inside of a Sharpie. I Mm -hmm. can't imagine what could fit in there apart from drugs. I don't know. When I worked at the porno place, we also sold drug paraphernalia. Yeah. Because of course we did. But one of the things we sold was this weed pipe, which you had to say was a tobacco pipe. Mm-hmm. A weed pipe that was a functional highlighter. <laughs> like the thing you would use to highlight in your textbook. Yeah. Like the cla- the very classic, like hot pink or yellow one. Did it actually have the highlighter brand yes, on it? Yes, it was branded. Oh, wow. It was branded highlighter and it had like maybe like half of an inch worth of highlighter uh, felt with the ink. Uh-huh. So it worked. Uh-huh. But then the other end, like the butt cap, pulled out and was a weed pipe. Oh, genius. So you could smoke weed out of your little metal piece that was like the plug of the of the marker. Uh-huh. And then you would just like tap it out and stick it back in and put it in your book bag and your mom would never know. <laughs> Uh, and then you got the little little nod and wink of the highlighter. Get it? No. Oh, I get it now. See? <laughs> I didn't get it until just now. The perfect now. product or the perfect product. Right. 
I bet you they probably still sell those online. Well, I would imagine. Maybe you're the highlighter now. <laughs> Think about it. No, I love all that stuff. I like the ones that are like pop cans that that lock up. You can fill them with whatever you want. I don't even have anything to hide. I'm like, my belief has always been, if you don't hide it, then it's then it's not a big deal, right? It's only a big deal if you hide it. And so you just let your ass hang out all over the place. So I don't really have anything to lock up or hide. Like, I'm like, come and get it. I'll give a shit. But I still like the idea of it. Like, what if I did have something to hide? I would hide it in a Pepsi can. <laughs> I think that we're so far away from the culture of having, of like living with people that would not let you do what you want to do and then having to hide what you're doing from them. Right. That it, that it seems, <laughs> that it seems foreign. Right. I like the idea of hiding something in a Pepsi can. You wouldn't know immediately that I was hiding something in it. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> like, why do we have a can of Pepsi? <laughs> you have a can of sugar Pepsi? <laughs> How old? This looks like the design of can they were putting out in the 90s. How old is that? And then you turn it over, <laughs> and instead of an expiration date, it just has like a little arrow that says, unscrew here for weed. <laughs> uh, so here's some fun facts about umbrellas. Did you know that Japan has the highest number of umbrellas per capita? Really? 3.3 umbrellas per person. What? Baby. The world wow. average is 2.4. So maybe it's okay Son if we had bitch. nine of them because there's three people We in the have house. three people. Three times 2.4 is uh, 7.2. We're average. We are perfect. I counted seven umbrellas and we're supposed to have 2.4 per yeah, person. Yeah, we're perfect. We're below average. That's uh, beautiful. Perfect I, people. I love to be below average. <laughs> <laughs> you know those things your umbrella comes inside of? <laughs> <laughs> that's what my notes say. <laughs> Thanks, Garbage Brain Research Team. That's a that's a pleasure. Those nylon sleeves are supposed to protect it from ruining anything else in your bag. And apparently there's a museum where you can go and see a bunch of them. <laughs> in Maine. Think about it. You can go to the Umbrella Cover Museum. The Umbrella Cover Museum. Uh-huh. They have 700 of them. I'm a, I'm a sucker for weird little displays. I gotta say, I don't think I would go. Aw. <laughs> you would go. We would have such a great time. We would take selfies. You would say, meet me at those things that an umbrella comes inside of. I... I think a, I think a museum, I think if the subject material is going to be so incredibly boring, like it was always the one of the standing jokes on Sesame Street was Bert had a bottle cap collection. And why would you want to see that? That's junk. Right. And so a museum of just junk, such as the thing your umbrella comes in. <laughs> The museum itself would have to have something else. There would have to be like a lot of displays. There would have to be maybe celebrities that came there. <laughs> there would, uh, right? There would have to be some art or something cultural involved to get me to look at them. Because otherwise, if it was just different umbrella covers under a glass case, I'd be like, all right, I don't think I would go. Maybe it's in the back room of some great pizza place. And then you can go look at it when you go to the bathroom. Or you go in, you say, you know, I want a pizza to go. And they say, okay, it'll be 10 minutes. Go look at umbrella covers. <laughs> yes, yeah, don't sure. mind if I do. Sure, okay. Don't mind if I do. Did you know that 
The largest umbrella in the world weighs 5.7 tons and covers an area of 418 square meters. Is it is it an umbrella though? Or at what point does it cease to be an umbrella and begin to be a canopy? Just a just a cover. I, I think that you have to be able to hold it if it's an umbrella. You do, definitely. I think it at least has to be collapsible. And I think it has to collapse to like a certain point or otherwise it doesn't really fit the common knowledge definition of umbrella. Right, right. Much to think about. How how big do you think the biggest real umbrella is? A few feet. A few feet. Eight feet. Eight feet. Just you go, and this would be very expensive, and it would be an eight foot, and it would be in like hammock or schlemmer, or it would be in finger hut. Yeah, right. If it was in, uh, if it was in sharper image, it would be called the real man's umbrella. Stream umbrella. If it was in. <laughs> If it was in Finger Hut, it would be called Cover It All. <laughs> You'd be able to make monthly payments on it. Yeah. <laughs> Only 27 payments. Can you still get Finger Hut online now? Can you still do payments, payment plans? Uh, I'm sure there's something now called Sezzle. And there's other payment plans that are similar to this. But every time, like I've checked out, I've bought something for like $24. And it's like, do you want to make four payments of $6 with Sezzle? <laughs> I'm always like, no, man. <laughs> I'm but, good, thanks. <laughs> and you might, you might say, well... You know, obviously people have different means. I'm not rich, but if I'm going to buy something, then then I'm going to buy it, right? And you might say, well, some people don't have $25. And that's totally true, but these are usurious right. companies that are just absolutely stealing money from people who don't have any money to begin with. It's the same kind of thing as payday loan, except it's jazzed up and you can tap it on your phone. Right. I think the big thing that people are getting on Sezzle is they, it makes me feel like I have a stroke whenever I say what is happening these days. <laughs> but they go to Sezzle and they shop on Shein. <laughs> <laughs> Shein is the one where they have 80,000 shirts that are $3 each, and when you open it, it smells like garbage. <laughs> or you can pay, you can make four easy payments of 75 cents. Right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever bought clothes from Asia, like Shein or All whatever. of your clothes are from Asia. <laughs> well, I'm talking about like the, the very cheap stuff because when I've gotten from the very cheap websites, it's always uh, absolute crapshoot which shows up. I got something once. What was it? Wasn't it those pants? I got some holographic pants from something and it came from something called Ruben Shoe. <laughs> But not spelled. It was spelled like R-U-U-B-E-E -E or something. Uh -huh. It was like one of those Amazon type spellings. And I opened the package and it smelled like vomit. Right. And I was like, I don't think I can deal with this. So I think I put it like in the basement and I came back a month later and I was like, this still smells like vomit, man. <laughs> like I don't know if the pants are made out of some kind of vomit fabric or if some guy barfed on his holographic pants and managed to get a return on them. Maybe he wore them to a rave. I don't know. But I chucked them. Yeah. Sometimes things are just too synthetic, I think, is part of the issue also. I think they didn't synthesize that one all the way. Right. It's still a little dirty. So what did you learn today about umbrellas? Um, umbrella. <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> 
You know who always brings an umbrella with them when they go out, when there's a possibility of rain? Corey Grella, but she's really on top of everything that can happen. She's watching out for herself and you and everybody else. I mean, I don't know about you, but I really appreciate it. You know, if I'm out and about and I see Corey Grella with an umbrella. <laughs> Corey Grella with an umbrella? <laughs> Then I know I better go get mine because she knows it's going to rain. <laughs> and you know, if you were in a place where you'd love to walk around with a clear umbrella so you could still see everything that was happening. Wet Harlem Township. Wet Harlem Township. <laughs> you know, there's 88 counties in Ohio, which is strange because there's also 88 keys on a piano. And in one of those counties, Delaware County. <laughs> yeah. There's 15 townships. And the best one is Wet Harlem Township. <laughs> Start your wet life. <laughs> There's a giant reservoir. There's tons of water. More water keeps falling from the sky. There's water under the ground. There's an aquifer there. Absolutely ludicrous. Go to Harlem, get wet. Wet life, Harlem Township. Feel how moist it could be. And you know, if you haven't yet, and you want to suggest a topic to us to talk about, such as today's topic, umbrellas, you would go to patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. And today's episode, was it suggested to us, Natalie? By Gerrero. Thank you, Gerrero. Thank you to the Garbage Brain University research team for writing up all the facts for this episode. If you want to, if you want to support them, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you. Goodbye.